welcome. You're listening to the Gideon Warrior Radio Network. Look for us on TalkShoe.com. Type in keyword Gideon Warrior Network. And you can find us and other Israelite speakers at ChristianAmericanMinistries.com and AngloIsraelTruth.com. Please remember your free will gifts and offerings help us to continue laboring in the vineyard. Please consider visiting our support page. We thank you for visiting our network and sites, and it's our prayer you'll be edified by them. Here's the message, and thanks for listening. The title of this message is Understanding the Veil of Race in the World. The veil of race in the world can only be removed by each race understanding how leadership lead them into progressive state of discontent and why. Black, white, Arab, Indian, Asiatic are all led as sheep by wolves instead of shepherds. Wolves' intention is to devour eventually, and shepherd watches over the flock, intending to protect and care for the sheep. In most of the world, these racial distinctions are designated so by those in leadership, as in America, Hispanic American, African American, Native American, Asian American, and even gay, lesbian, and transgender Americans. The groups are educated over decades to progressively see their individual existence as being dissatisfying and increasingly fed or given bits of propaganda designed to foster the idea that another race or group is ultimately responsible for the condition. This subsequently becomes their reality. The perception that one race is joining the other in the cause is useful to the quote aggrieved party, but the quote aggrieved party has no illusion that the other race can truly empathize with them as aggrieved. Listening to the leaders, you will rarely hear instruction or encouragement of individual self-reliance, individual privacy and respect in personal conduct as it pertains to social or community good or well-being. This rarity is replaced with an abstract, objectified idea of equality or racial parity of sorts. The intention of the abstract ideology becomes the focus of the energy expended. The main tenement of the abstract ideas are facilitated through six primary principal emotional tools. Social justice, political interest, affordable housing, education, equal rights, and employment. The intention of the tool engaged is designed around the philosophical understanding of their emotional effect upon the racial veil. To remove the ostensible veil requires understanding the philosophical emotional abstract goal of social justice, political interests, affordable housing, education, equality, and employment. First let's develop an understanding of the six emotional tools. Social justice is used to specifically mean justice to every individual of the race and that social justice is to be applied as it is most agreeable to the race, regardless of the necessity or lack thereof of energy required. 
political interest is used to specifically mean that interest which is most agreeable to the race, regardless of the unbridled dissipation of resources, meaning the wealth or income and grants that would be acquired from it, that being the political interest. Affordable housing is used to mean housing is not equally affordable to all of the race and is entitled to housing they can afford after essentials such as food, health care, transportation expenses, and utilities are calculated, regardless of any specific energy required to be applied by the individual seeking the equal housing. Education is used to mean no one of the race is to be segregated by personal ambition or acumen, and expectations are to be equalized culturally and uniform throughout the races. Equal rights and equality is used to mean that rights are not equal for each race. Therefore, equality is an abstract and an ever-elusive idea. Struggle for equal rights is emotionally noble to the uninitiated because it is not universally taught that equality is an abstract idea. Therefore, more political interest is required to achieve the elusive parity. Thus, equal rights do not and cannot constitute in itself or achieve equality. Employment is used to mean equality in employment, regardless of the education or acumen or talent of the worker. Lazy and shiftless workers within the race demand income parity that has been achieved by the diligent and earnest hard worker. Rewarding of one race or any one individual within the race are to be the rewards of the others. Now we've unlocked an understanding or a definition, if you will, of the six emotional tools. We often see shiftless and lazy who have risen amongst their peers as leaders, regardless of their qualifications for such peer positions, and we also note that they have a keen understanding of these six principal tools. The objective becomes selling good intentions to the members of the race. This type of leader convicts his listeners that first he has such a grievance and understands their plight by reaffirming the essence of these tools, intentions, and the leader's commitment to obtaining the elusive parity. Each of the races believe what they are told by their leaders and repeatedly assured the goal of equality is the objective. Corrupt leaders of the race in their own way advance the idea the other race is only interested in exploiting the other. The leaders then exploit one race at the expense of the other to bring about the sought-after social justice for the other, which is never attained. The cycle repeats, with more demand for social justice, the more required exploitation of its other races to achieve it. Each of the races are comprised of social groups that the leaders additionally exploit by divisions of political persuasions, socio-economic orders, and thereby more easily leading them by class or division. Each class or division continues to be conditioned to its disenfranchisement from social justice. 
Social and civic programs and incentives are used to bait the groupings to aspire to the common goal of social justice. The more morally corrupt and baser the leadership, the more likely the racial groupings propensity for insecurity and dissatisfaction, leading to periodic protest, riots, acts of aggression toward racial groups of perceived greater status, regardless of and even indifferent to damage being inflicted upon their own race and economic interests. The destruction and often killing of any racial individual or group is for the emotional entertainment of the races. The base leaders have no interest in educating the rioters, the protesters and looters in the destabilization of their own economic status and interests. Rather, they will merely facilitate the social justice demands by giving it more gas, grievance, agreement, solution, gas, repeating the process. Leaders will demand solutions agreeable to the aggrieved racial group regardless of any perceived necessity or the harm which invariably incurs, such as easier to avoid housing means less required production to achieve it, meaning more idleness while living conditions are ostensibly or marginally better. Educational standards are reduced, making it easier to achieve literate or educated status. Economic conditions become income comprised as ill-educated are not able to excel with employment skills and demands. Political interest demands are relaxed as the measures are being applied. Statistical data is compiled to log the success and in some respects exposing the failure of the measure deployed. Leaders wanting to show success seek to portray the results as positive, but always in need of improvement to keep the programs and measures funded by the other racial groups, further degrading both groups in their economic condition. Equality remains elusive as ill-educated and ill-trained are passed up for better educated and trained from within the race or even outside the race to fill employment opportunities with increasing technical requirements for skilled workers or even strong work ethic workers, degrading their marketability in the open market. Social justice demands increase and, therefore, the cycle repeats. It is important that we take a look at moral logic. Moral logic required of the races must be a foundation of the education process. The youth brought up in a morally degrading trend respond in kind with morally delinquent actions and does not yet understand it is in fact facilitated by the racial leaders. In many ways, he is taught by the leaders how to cheat, steal, and lie and destroy for social justice or equality with others and other racial groups. By the sordid stories of inequality and the age-long battle of social justice, it is much achieved. They learn of the heroes of social justice, never understanding none of these successes has achieved for them the elusive goal.
This contributes to mental disinterest in personal productivity and increased mental entitlement. It produces in many a disconnect between such things as the right to vote, the right to pursue any educational or vocational acumen, as the means and moral qualities required are rarely ever to be culturally instilled. When we define logic, we define it as the art of thinking and reasoning justly in our inquiries after truth, communication of it to others, the science or history of human mind as it progresses from its first conceptions. Therefore, the moral logic of the race must conform to the equality pursued. To say this in and of itself implies that the moral logic is somehow different or deficient in one or more of the other races. Of course, this could not be admitted as this conveys that one race is morally superior. However, the race mastering this moral logic necessity means the moral logic of one is developed to understand equality is not a logical reality. Therefore, those in the racial groups accepting this operate or conform their world view and interests not toward an ideal of equality at all, but pursuit of equitable interest through day-to-day industry. Leaders of the races are the profligate promoters of the decaying moral logic of those who have not yet made this realization. Those yet in bondage to the racial disparity or the veil throughout the span of history, whether autocratic, monarchical, dictatorial, or even democratic, have ever been able and capable of producing racial parity or equality of the races. National occurrences of evil, such as human vice, environmental disasters, disease, ignorance, are all naturally occurring impediments to equality. Different races and those within a race with moral logic, ingenuity, hard work, and perseverance seek to overcome these inequalities alone. Human vice remains the most formidable as it persists while most environmental inequities and inequalities invariably end, such as an earthquake or storms or floods, droughts, and disease. These can be ameliorated some by learning from them through employing moral logic in the interest of all. Human vice remains the most formidable as it persists while most environmental inequities invariably end, such as an earthquake or storms, floods, drought, and disease. These can be ameliorated some by learning from them through employing moral logic in the interest of all. Human vice is a more consistent inequity, although the leaders of the various racial groups will never attribute it to their racial groups without emphasizing the tool of inequality as the cause of it, thus never addressing the moral logic. Corrupted leaders of a race can then participate in a form of birthright entitlement claim regardless of any specific race or group within a race participation in it. This is why the trend is towards socialistic or communistic solutions where individual participation appears to be equalized. 
The utopian equalization, however, remains heavily marginalized along inevitable grouping or classes, whether among the races or a group within a race. The more socialistic or communistic approaches the society experiences increases the necessity for leadership and demand for solutions. These new leaders, along with the original leaders, remain in their positions and their individual enrichment ensues, and the cycle continues. Self-reliance and a move away from its pride inducement in achievement is consistently removed. The individuals within the race affected by this type of counterintuitive moral logic are led consistently into greater moral shame as millions beg for and demand other races in the name of equality and civil rights produce the elusive parity desired. All the while, it is the other race and others within the race which has been providing for their continued existence. Even those within a race will sympathize with those within the race by class or racial groupings which have invariably developed among them by education, initiative, class, etc. And they will not hold those morally logically responsible because of the rooted belief of this aggrieved disparity. Leaders within the races seek to expose the deception of the ineffective, deficient, or incorrect moral logic will be met with fervent cries of racial slurs and epithets of condemnation in any effort to sustain or perpetuate the effectiveness of the tool of inequality. Nowhere is this more evident and can be more aptly demonstrated as here in America as early as June 2020. The black man interviewed by Rush Limbaugh unequivocally stated, quote, We need someone willing to dismantle this system of white supremacy, white privilege, which exists in America, end quote. He therefore sees a black man violating a law as a victim of the white man's law. There is a moral logic disparity when an armed white man kills an unarmed black man in his custody. But when he sees no moral logic disparity in a war on drugs, he does not see drugs and drug use as symptoms of moral logic decline within his race or other races. Black men killing black men by the hundreds in Chicago in any given year is not morally logical. But this does not violate his sensibilities with equal cries of social justice or parity demanded. Likewise, it is of no consequence of moral logic if a black man kills a white man or any one of any of the other races. Black police and black prosecutors who aid in the capture of and prosecution for crimes of blacks are seen by the members of the race as stools or Uncle Toms for the white man. The moral logic of the race is therefore at issue, and it has a companion, moral prudence. The word prudence is defined as implying caution in deliberating to accomplish a purpose. Prudence implies more caution and reserve than wisdom, or is exercised more in foreseeing and avoiding evils. Prudence is principally in reference to actions to be done and, and the due means or method to do or to not do. 
moral logic and moral prudence are the only principal companions which can distinguish the race among the world's civilization. Habits of decency and discipline and prudence within the race are necessary for its existence. In so doing, the race provides protection for the weak of the race from the exploitations of the stronger members within the race and even those outside the race. Moral logic of prudence is necessary to anticipate future needs and expectations with an intention to serve the race through its mutual needs. This requires individual self-control and a moral logic of service to the race and the members within the race. It must foster a division of their mutual economic interests and a road map for achieving that interest in harmony with other races to develop their private interests. Leadership of the race is to help define the vision in pursuit of private and social interests of the whole race. Leaders must direct, guide, and facilitate the pattern of dedication, hard work, and expectations in achieving the award of self-determination and the private interests of the individual and the race as a whole. Moral logic requires the public expense is a privilege expended for the purpose of result. Expectation is fundamental to ensure the privilege is earned and not abused. If a racial group sees benefit in exploiting a sympathetic core of those within the race or in another race or a racial group, the burden of labor can be shifted to the sympathetic in part as those take up the cause for more public expense for the aggrieved party. Leaders of a race will promote social justice and demand equality while consistently demanding to remain separate or different. If some within a race want to act different, dress different, talk different, have a different work ethic, a different language, a different speech, a different moral logic, a different moral, different ideas of social justice, different moral principles, different respect for persons or property. This person is not equal, but is in fact demanding to not be equal. When one within a race or a group within the races goes about to shame and guilt one of another race for any action past, present, or future and makes emotional displays of violence or peaceful, this is equal to a child temper tantrum for refusing to accept the command or the result of the command. In this case, however, the tantrum continues until the demand is at the very least recognized or complied with. The result is cultural conflict tearing down that which is most necessary to his safety and happiness. It simply will not be recognized. An example of this is when one looks at inequity of his racial brothers incarcerated and perceives it is the other race's fault. But he's been conditioned to this outlook and world view by his leaders. The race receiving the blame is asked to reform itself rather than establish their own reforms. The race blamed sees itself at least partially if not wholly to blame for not recognizing or understanding properly and empathizing sufficiently with the purported inequality. The great American experiment of a melting pot of races envisioned by 
such Jewish visionaries as Herzl and Israel Zangwell has become exactly that, as all are melded together to their end of destruction, in other words, melting pot. Black American economist Walter Williams has written that if one was to total all of the expenditures for the black race's purported grievances, it would be equivalent to the fifth largest economy in the world. In reality, the so-called, quote, white privilege, end quote, complained of in America is more accurately conveying black privilege. Moral prudence impels one to simply inquire, has the public expense privilege been earned or abused? Mr. Williams seems to accurately convey it is not being earned at all and has not only been abused but completely squandered with little fruit to be recognized. A race or a group within a race failing to capitalize upon the privilege of public expense has exemplified its lack of moral logic and moral prudence to accentuate the public expense privilege into substantive fruit within the member race. This requires frequent and continued periodic cries for further expenditures. Therefore, the moral prudence actually evaluates the condition of the moral logic. Corrupt leaders of the race or group will demagogue another race or group, as no government can ever be able to produce or provide the equality or the elusive parity. It must be done within the race or group and the group within the race. The corrupt leaders of the race will inevitably insist that there are presumed barriers or obstacles and demand reforms to achieve this elusive parity. The reforms will require the taking from one race to expend on the other race. Nowhere can this be more aptly demonstrated than by the utopian idea of fair housing. If two persons from each a different race were to each be given a home, if one applies paint, routine maintenance, and beautifies it over the course of time and the other does not, after a number of years the one who maintained and beautified his given home sells it for a hundred thousand. The other can only get seventy thousand. One may buy the $70,000 house and apply maintenance and beautification to achieve parity or equality with the neighbors. The adverse can also occur and the two owners' houses remain unequal or unfair. One owner may also elect selling to avoid the unequal housing and move among those equally caring for their housing investment. As one can appropriately understand, there is no such thing as fair housing. It is nothing more than a utopian Marxist idea to appeal to those it can manipulate into the belief in fair housing. Thus, fair housing must require the state who administers all aspects of the housing project. Every individual receives the same standardized housing as determined by the agency authority and the same amenities, the same level of care and maintenance as authorized by the administrative agency, all based on the funds available or not available, regardless of occupant care, leading to disregard for care, 
and subsequent deterioration of the housing as a whole. Even within a housing project, this is evident by those who are, for their individual unit, caring for that unit, while others will not, deteriorating the housing and the standard for all. Private property also cannot completely ameliorate this condition. However, self-ownership incentivizes individual pride. It does not guarantee it. The lazy and shiftless are always an enigma. There is no amount of legislative or administrative force which can impel one to change the slothful living standard. In the biblical record of the Creator's will, a racial group or tribe of individuals were chosen by God to be a blessing to the world, Genesis 12:2 and 22:18. The choice was the Creator's, Deuteronomy 7:7 7, 7 and 14:2. This racial group, as a biological being, was not superior. In fact, he said they were even fewest. These were to represent the image of the Creator, image as in reflection of the moral righteousness of God and the Creator. Although they abundantly failed, it nonetheless was the standard of the image in that reflection. The honor or blessing procurer to following of or emulating the image of God and his righteousness was the achievable goal. If the image of God is debased, discounted in importance, or disregarded in whole, the blessing or success will not be achieved. God's choice was manifest to produce the greatest possible fruit within the creation. Emulation of productive activity of God is a prerequisite necessity. Poverty and shame is a natural manifestation of a lack of moral logic and those refusing to apply the moral prudence. Equal rights, equal or affordable housing, equal justice, equal economic conditions or standards are predicated upon productivity. It is not white, black, yellow or brown, But as always, the shiftless or morally debased among that the race hustlers profess to protect, but actually further enslave. Race hustlers promote their intentions and grand ability to procure equal rights, equal justice, uh, social justice, employment, uh, political interest. Meanwhile, completely ignoring the requirement of instruction in moral logic and moral prudence within the race. In the same sense, a religious leader leads one to a future heaven, a political leader leads one to a future political heaven. In the end, some will and some won't. This, too, is an enigma. Balance of individual with the societal whole drives the moral logic. Race hustlers and some religious hustlers fail to teach the moral logic necessary to be a blessing or a service to others rather than a curse or a cancer or a disservice to others. This is therefore an educational imperative. If there is a broken down or weakened moral logic within the society there will naturally be immoral logic. If moral logic and moral prudence is the measure of blessing and reward, immoral logic and immoral prudence is the measure of condemnation and punishment.
the instruction or education is to impart knowledge of the moral logic imperative. The lack of moral prudence of a nation's political, racial, and religious hustlers is at the root of the degraded moral logic. Civil liberty first resides in the word civil, which is, at first, order. Liberty resides in the mutual dependence and constraint. Civil liberty is first envisioned. If a clan, tribe, or racial group is to be successful or blessed, a civil order is required. Only when an understanding of mutual dependence and constraint is fully engaged can the group truly find civil liberty. As the group begins to tolerate the shiftless and freeloader, this group will invariably begin to expand. As it expands, more energy will be expended economically to relieve the shiftless condition without retraining the moral logic. When the teacher, preacher, and politician neglect, the necessity of imparting that moral prudence is a function of private interest and therefore private right through imposition of law, the moral logic cannot achieve its fruit. Constraint, by application of the law, is to produce the means to and access of blessings, not entitlement or guarantee to any peace, portion, or benefit therefrom. Moral prudence can be measured by the results of the effort applied or not applied to the moral logic learned. One can learn about the races by the social laws of a people, nation, or state, and it will be evident by the construct of those laws how the parity or equity is legislated to exist and the means through which it is intended to be achieved. The more that is given to one racial group or group within a race, the more it becomes that group's way of life. This way of life, which is different from others, is now permeated the race or a group within the race. A nation divided cannot long stand. This difference of the one group with the other group cannot be excused. The lack of equal applied effort to the civil society by one group at the expense of the other always leads to failure. A race, or even a group within a race, which has been shielded from the moral logic seek security without risk, life without pressure or expectation, demanding to be equal while at the same time insisting on being different but all the more entitled to equality. The moral logic of both groups of individuals must be the same, but methods of teaching may need to be different where two racial groups exist, or even groups within a race. But when leaders of a race or a group within a race promote emotional displays of envy, discontent, and unfulfilled needs rather than emphasizing and building strong moral logic and moral prudence required for achieving it, that leader does a great injustice among the people, often using these tools of guilt to extract more from the other group to satisfy unrealistic and unrealized wants or needs. This leader, and subsequently the group being led, will invariably tear down that which is the object of his wants or desires that are perceived yet lacking. 
A perception therefore is developed that this group's lacking has in fact invested more than has been realized in return. This is why the demand for equality, affordable housing, social justice, equal rights is used. It impels in its nature the disenfranchised group does not naturally have access to them. This method is used to ostensibly assure equality while imposing the equality on the other group, when in fact natural segregation has actually occurred. The natural segregation is evidence the race or group within a race is different, but the other group is required to perform an impossibility which is to accept the segregated group as equal without desegregating, which is forced integration. Likewise, if a race or a group within a race, as a percent of a population, commit a greater number of criminal acts and application of moral logic, of necessity that race leaders must immediately claim discrimination in enforcement means economic injustice, social injustice, or a plethora of inequities at the hands of the other race or group, and or the unequal application of the law. Cultural segregation and desegregation is a natural occurring phenomenon. If those of one area, regardless of race, have common characteristics, they will have no difficulty living harmoniously. However, a race or a group within a race is not likely to seamlessly integrate and live harmoniously among themselves or another race or group within a race without significant similar characteristics of habit or even cultural attitudes as moral logic. Equality is not derived from civil rights but from civil moral logic. Moral prudence, which is not culturally exercised by every race or a group within a race, will invariably lead to the demise or severe degradation of the race or group within a race, because the planning and purpose required lacks the wisdom and judgment to sustain success. Governments which invariably teach by legislative example immoral logic and immoral prudence through policies which encourage inherent special unlimited privileges such as subsidized housing and welfare concepts, immoral birth activities or other privileges without obligation ensures a failure. Leaders of a race or a group within a race who influence this immoral logic are held in a more primitive influence by these leaders. If the leader's moral logic is to inject more harmful ideas of equality or parity, the more primitive and unable to think and act those become themselves. Temperament, disposition, patterns of emotional responses become more unequal as these perceived differences of equality and disposition are expressed through violence and or accentuated by corrupt leaders. The self-proclaimed disenfranchised are further animated to act out abnormally and corrupt leaders facilitate the abnormal behaviors lending essentially credibility to their cause. This becomes a gang or a mob of miscreants to 
protect one another and further their social justice equity objectives within that group or, or mob. And the activity of the gang or crowd from the race or group within a race invariably leads to a threat to already achieve societal moral logic and moral order since the abnormal behavior necessarily encroaches on the life, liberty, security of others with an aim of establishing the group or the crowd as the new ruling authority. And the leaders understand this gang mentality or social disorder and support the cause with promises of reforms, a new social order which is to include the leaders of this miscreant gang. And this is evident in any number of organizations from organized labor to civil rights advocates, equal opportunity proponents, etc. Whatever this new gang wants, the rest of the race or the groups within the race are to assume the subsequent responsibility for procuring it. We've seen it with AFDC, affordable housing, social justice, minimum wage, labor unions for the education system, labor unions within labor and industry, and thus they set a new economic and moral standards regardless of productivity and achievement. And this new gang or mob and its leaders will acquire positions as advisors. We already see this today. They become directors and distributions of the economic stimulants, which will ostensibly be developed to alleviate the inequitable condition. This cycle is an open and free society, ensures a firm hold of constituency trained to recognize from whom or where the entitlements have derived, and thus the entitlement is a theft from the productive race or group within the race. A shift in the moral logic develops a number of adverse outcomes, the first of which is the idea that work is required to receive a benefit is replaced with moral logic of entitlement. Second is the idea personal desire, needs, and wants or privileges are achieved by entitlement through politically abnormal behavior. Thus, politically abnormal behavior is the new moral logic. Third, there's a disassociation and understanding for the moral logic of work to obtain a benefit. Fourth, the idea of a perceived disadvantage is inherently built into the societal structure. Fifth, the inherent objection to shared rewards for others within the race or group within the race who is inherently also refusing now to work. Sixth, there is an inherent rejection to conform to a standard outside of one's own self. The result is a standard of living set by the new economic and moral living. There remains little desire to improve the standards, although demanding it incessantly. The improved standards of the society or race, which masters the effective moral logic, can be visible all around these, quote, disenfranchised for centuries, even millennial. But the dissatisfaction and disenfranchised is this race or group within a race's moral logic. 
the disenfranchised moral logic plays upon sympathies, perpetuates an intellectual guilt of the productive members of the race, as being disenfranchised inherently implies the productive members have purposely created adverse conditions. The youth of a race and even different races will invariably seek refuge in these types of organization and groups which will foster their disenfranchised moral logic perceptions as a means of obtaining that which is desired. There is no amount of reward, subsidization, and philanthropy which will move the underprivileged or disenfranchised to develop their moral logic to such a degree when the rewards produced from misbehavior remain plentiful. Periodical childlike temper tantrums form the characteristics of the disenfranchised moral logic, while demanding the productive within the race or another race view these as adults. The immature moral logic prevents these from hearing or teaching one another the advantage of developing one another into successful and productive members of the race. The underprivileged or undeserved or disenfranchised group within a race sees no need to be interested in the nation's industrial needs or economic conditions, only that the nation is to see the lack of rights, the lack of equality or economic status, while refusing to do anything more for themselves to achieve it. Steeped among the plenty, this group decries the inequity. The disenfranchised moral logic demands the best education without being taught by it, the best economic conditions which others can produce for them without engaging the work necessary to acquire it, the most affordable housing without themselves creating or maintaining one singular part of it. They want to permeate the race with immoral logic but fail to recognize the moral logic required to repair their own immoral logic condition. The question remains the same. When will this group, within a race, or even among other races, come to this understanding? If those within the group want equal rights, do they assert equally the intention to be seen and perceived equally, or not equally, segregated or integrated? Does this right of equal rights include equal expectation? There can be equal rights, but not equality, unless there also be equal expectation. Should immoral behavior, immoral logic, be equal with moral logic and moral behavior? Shall work be equal with sloth? Shall Minimum wage be equal with substandard work. Is the wife of one man equal to the wife of another and another man's right to have her also? Is the property of one individual equal to the property of another? When does the abundance of property for one equal inequality? When does one's experience become equal with another's? If a race or a group within a race or individual within the race fails or refuses to exert the necessary energy to produce for one's needs and wants, is that race, group, or individual within a race equal with others exerting the necessary energy to satisfy those needs, wants, and desires?
You see, the answers to these questions are self-evident by thousands of years of human history. When a race or a group within a race is introduced to value by another, which could not and did not see it until the value was revealed to it, it was not even desired or valued or even claimed as property. Only the producers will see value and act upon it economically. The producer has two interests, acquisition of that which is of value, and secondly, disposition to those which need, want, or desire it. And the result is gain, not equality. It is the formula for success for the race. This success or gain is not a birthright of the race, but it is achieved when the moral logic has been matured beyond a primitive state of existence. The members within the race are not born equal, but rather different or unequal. While certain biological, physical, and physiological characteristics are equal in certain respects, these members will all develop unequally. What makes them or facilitates their equality is the race's applied moral logic. If not, it is survival of the fittest. Might makes right. The race which sees what another race or group within a race does, which brings prosperity or an improved economic condition, the race will either emulate or seek to join in the prosperity by a mutual exchange as an example of laboring for the other. This mutual exchange can turn to exploitation either within the race or outside the race by others who refuse to produce, whether they be leaders within the race or just mere rank-and-file members. Which brings us right back to the veil of race. Moral logic and moral prudence or immoral logic and immoral prudence this is the biblical record. Once again, I remain thankful for the opportunity to minister under those of the New Covenant as Hebrews 8.8 8 informed us of. This is Doug Nelson, trusting you will hear these words one day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant.